ignition, lift off. Nope! In review. And there he is across the table from me, fist bumping like a little murderous chimpanzee. It's Adam Hall! Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) He gets his fucking brains blown out. Gordy's home, baby! Yeah. (laughs) Gordy is home, and so are your boys here on your favorite movie podcast Mm. on the internet. Mm. Movie Hall of Fame. This week, taking a break from our regularly scheduled programming to review... A movie in theaters now. It's called Nope. It's directed by one Jordan Peele, his third theatrical film. Um, and it uh, should be a good time. I believe it's the pronunciation is Nope. Nope. <laughs> From the director of Oos. <laughs> Jordan Peele's latest nightmare. Nope. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> hey, Adam. Hello. Always fun talking Jordan Peele with you. Sort of. Always a good time. <laughs> I mean, like if if I uh, yeah if if I were to build a hell of my own uh, creation, I, I think what I would do with my time would be discussing Jordan Peele with you. It's is it worse with Jordan Peele or is it Christopher Nolan? I feel like the Christopher maybe it's because we've kind of both waned on Christopher Nolan a little bit the past couple of years. Yeah. Whereas, like, you still really love Jordan Peele, and I'm still trying to get there. Honestly, I think they're kind of similar filmmakers. I, I think they've actually taken sort of a similar trajectory. Now, yeah. now, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, especially with this movie, mm-hmm. it's not. it didn't so much give me Nolan vibes. It doesn't feel like a Nolan film, but the intentionality and motivation behind making it is very similar to what Nolan would want to do. Certainly. Well, I think both people clearly are... And I, it's not just them. I think most filmmakers in Hollywood now that are worth their salt are nervous about the the theater going experience and are fighting to protect it at all costs. <laughs> and Nolan has made that explicitly his mission statement. And Peel sort of thematically within this movie is kind of commenting on, you know, how the Hollywood system is is systematically eviscerating the experience of going to a theater and watching an original story and cinematically he's doing that too yeah it's not just thematically the movie the way it is built is supposed to be around this idea of like it's something you can only really experience in the theater right it's shot by Hoyt Van Hoytema who is Christopher Nolan's now yeah uh, that's Nolan's guy yeah yeah right so it's like who is it now it's the the three musketeers is like Jordan Peele Denis and Christopher Nolan 
Yeah, I think so. I think like they're kind of yeah, they're the yeah. last uh, line of defense. It seems that way. You know, they're it's they're waiting we, on the wall, and we need them on that they're wall. All you know, we've got. I mean, it's a good trio. I'm yeah. fine with that. That's cool. Yeah, they're pointed there though with their shields and swords, and they're they're ready to defend the homeland. They're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm. They they showed Oppenheimer at the start of this one. That was pretty cool. Yo. Kind of the, the most shocking part of this entire oh movie. Oh my God, what a way to reveal this movie. <laughs> Very important because usually when we, this had, for example, when um, we went to go see Tenant, everyone knew that there was going to be a Dune teaser at the start of that one. Yeah. And that one happens before Nicole Kidman comes on the screen. Right. As you normally would. Right. I was expecting it to be the last one and it was the last one. Cool. Yes. Um, not the case here. Yeah, not since I was in the theater for Unbearable Way to Massive Talent and Morbius started playing have I been so shocked post Nicole Kidman. It I it still doesn't quite make sense to me. I'm convinced Christopher Nolan came into this screening and slipped it right in there just for us. Yeah, Nolan's one of those guys, man. Like, it was weird. Was, so he had this big falling out with Warner Brothers, yeah. and it was like a really public breakup. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like yeah. Kim Kardashian and Kanye. <laughs> like He's like, this is the worst streaming service, HBO Max. I will not tolerate this kind of treatment. My movies deserve to be put on the screen. And, it's uh, a bit much. Yeah, I mean, he was a diva. Like he, he wrote. Remember that whole paragraph he wrote? Like it was really catty. A lot of people like like Denis did the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just it's not you, it's me. You know what? I just yeah. keep it, keep it simple. You know, don't overthink the breakup. Sure. But uh, Nolan was very public about it, and that that's been his home since the Batman movies, right? What? Yeah, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yeah, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Did he make Insomnia? <sighs> that might have been a Warner Brothers movie too, but like. He's worked with Warner Brothers for most of his career, and he became the Christopher Nolan that we know now because Warner Brothers gave him such a long leash to do what he did with Batman and with Inception and and Interstellar or whatever. So that was a big deal when he left and he became a free agent. Uh, (laughs) And I guess Universal must have really wooed him. I'm surprised that it was Universal of all things. I was expecting like maybe Paramount to do it, but Universal is like, like... They'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of sleazy in that yeah. way. Like they're not opposed to doing the Halloween kills of the world. It's yeah. just like interesting. But it was a big pickup for them. No question. Yeah. Oh, but very. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. Huge. Are you, are you kidding? Huge signing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of like getting Kevin Durant in free agency. Oh, my like, God. Um, so, yeah, he goes over there. And I guess part of the deal is. We're attaching your trailers to the beginning of our movies. Like, we're not even putting it in the trailer section. The lights dimmed <laughs> at AMC. We went through the whole, turn off your phone, enjoy the movie. Here's Nicole Kidman. It's, we come to a place like this to cry. And, uh... Yeah, then we get Oppenheimer, and it's like this weird countdown. It's like, what's happening here? I saw Syncope, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, wait, what's going on? This is what is this? <laughs> you see the fire, and you're like, is this the movie? I'm like, it's Oppenheimer, dude. <laughs> Killian Murphy's on screen, and it's yeah. like, I didn't know he was in this. He's Oppenheimer. Yeah, it's wild. And it's like, it, yeah, the lights are dim. You get the full surround sound, yeah. Oppen- and a countdown clock. Great and trailer, by the way. You Great trailer. Yeah. Great. Really you great just TV. imagine yeah. like when the lights, the credits roll and the lights dim somewhere behind the scenes at AMC, the countdown clock is still going. So this is how long Oppenheimer hits cinemas in 2023. By the way, like I really like the teaser, but again with the ticking clock, Nolan, yeah, again, we're crazy. doing this again. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> 
For the record, yeah. I am so jazzed that he's making a movie like this. I've been yes. waiting for a Christopher Nolan movie like this for a very long time. Since like in all the way through the 2010s, I wanted him to make a movie like this. Yes. So thank God it's finally happening. It yeah, might- I, I think there is something interesting. You know, a guy like Nolan who has worked with big budgets and worked within the studio system and, you know, reckoning with... A an inventor who invented such a giant monster that he like is is sort of you know regretful of his own sort of artistry and his own invention and innovation. Like I oh, I think that's really interesting. It's sort of like a surrogate you think story that, about Nolan himself. Think, <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna go that deep on it. I, maybe. I, well, gonna I don't know. It's gonna be a least. meta commentary on Nolan himself. <laughs> I think there's something there, you know, well, I, I, I see what you mean as, as, you know, a guy that, you know, through his own ingenuity created a monster that he could not contain and is being used for evil. Not good. <laughs> well, then I go back to say, fuck Nolan. You think I'm in. You think what no, you sign me up for that. But I was gonna, but like the, it the, is kind of funny, though, that the only historical figure that Nolan can sort of relate to at a personal level is Robert fucking Oppenheimer. But he can't. It's, it's Robert Oppenheimer. He made the atomic bomb. It's not as bad as anything. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's never done anything that bad. Yeah, but I think there's probably something to it. His monster is nowhere near fucking close. You can't relate to that. Yeah. Nobody can. Oh, but he's going to try. He's going to try. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks really good. It does. It does look really good. It looks sick. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I also, I'm fascinated by that character, Robert Oppenheimer. Mm. Interesting character. Well, you're a big World War II guy. Yes, huge World War II guy. So, yeah. so this is a story that I have been fascinated for uh, since I've been a little kid. Yeah. Since even in elementary school, I used to go and look at the library and look at you know the history of world war ii right. obviously not digging into it in the same more mature and disturbing way that i might now and like oh this is what happened to the people this is how they were affected right, by it. Right, not right. quite like that but yeah. uh yeah i was i was fascinated by like the, the the series of events that led to this incredible moment right for better or worse yeah and mostly worse <laughs> uh, uh, entirely for yeah. worse yes <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm I'm really in. It seems like Universal again has given him this unlimited budget, and uh, yeah, I yes, I I personally really enjoy watching Nolan sort of take his movie tricks, the magic tricks that he employs in like the Prestige and Inception or whatever, and and putting that onto the real world, laying that artifice on top of an actual story. Like that's why I really like Dunkirk. I know you're you're kind of mixed on Dunkirk, but. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by that. I'm I'm fascinated by Nolan turning history into a puzzle box. Um, so yeah, give me that. We'll we'll see. Yeah, because I've been kind of critical of that. I'm not sure it's totally necessary. I've always been a believer that Christopher Nolan works much better when he's not forcing the puzzle box element. Because the last couple of films where he's done that, I've been like, mm, no, bro, right? No, bro, it's a little sloppy to me. But that's just me. I'm, okay. I'm kind of in the minority. Uh, I do have a pretty awesome segue to get into Nope because it does. This is a movie that involves puzzle boxes and involves sort of uh, you know complex narratives and um, you know movie trickery. Mm-hmm. But first, have you seen anything recently that you'd like to report back on? Hmm. Well, do you know about the stuff that I've seen? I don't. Ah. Okay. <laughs> well, I saw um, a, a little f- a film. What's coming here? <laughs> Adam's giving me a very sinister look. We'll get there. I okay. saw a film called Alligator, an old film. Uh, don't worry about that one. Uh, surprisingly good time. This alligator, you'd be so it's, it's stars Robert Forster. Right. I'm, it, I'm familiar. Yeah. This is the character that inspired Quentin Tarantino and Jackie Brown. Uh, oh word. Yeah. Cool. 
and it's really good. The movie's actually surprisingly good. He's so good in Jackie Brown. He's so good in this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The same, the same character, essentially. Yeah. Uh, awesome little movie that's like a like a creature feature that went under my radar for years and years. And I'm like, why haven't I seen this? It yeah. rocks. Yeah. S- suspenseful stuff. Good, like some sometimes deconstruction. Well, maybe not deconstruction, but like awareness of, of genre tropes. Yeah. Playing with them in fun ways. Uh, but still maintaining the horror uh, identity. And I, I kind of figured out, I guess I'm a little scared of alligators because this movie should not have been as scary to me as it was. I'm sure if you watched it, you wouldn't have been as scared by it. But every time the alligator is is used, I jumped and it yeah. worked. And it's like, ooh, good atmosphere here, movie. Yeah. Uh, I recommend it. You'd probably like it. It's good. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Solid movie. All right. Oh, boy. I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> Adam just slapped his knees. That's right. <laughs> You've been recommending a certain movie to me. Oh no, uh, boy! What? Boy, you've been recommending a movie to me. That, what did I do? That, that you said that you, that you thought was very good and like exhilarating, and I saw it. Oh no! Don't do this! No! And I was like, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever no! seen. <laughs> you didn't like Ambulance. I watched Ambulance. No! <laughs> and I'm like, this movie fucking oh, sucks. Oh no! In the words of Rob, it's terrible. <laughs> Oh no! Terrible! <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> the drones, dude. The drones. The drones. Oh my god! The amount of nonsense shots of drones. Oh, it's such nonsense, but it's great. There are about a thousand. Not not even kidding. Probably about about a thousand shots in this movie that are just cool drone shots that yeah. don't do fucking anything. Yeah, no, it's like a it's like a roller coaster. It is so random yeah, cinematically. Totally. There is I God, this movie visually was so stupid. So incredibly stupid. I could I couldn't wrap my head around it. I mean it. it's Michael Bay. What do you, I don't you want ca- fucking Bergman? I mean, what do well, you want? I want it to be for? a little more fun. Oh, oh. So there's also that. Gyllenhaal's not fun in this? Worst performance I've seen by him in a long Are you time. Kidding me long right time. Now. I was what? shocked. I was like, Jesus, this is a bad performance. None of this works. This I don't buy this character for even half of a second. What is he doing? I mean, I, what the hell is realism he, now? What is like, he thinking? I, it's a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, okay, maybe we all right. Maybe I oversold this to a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the Michael Bay of it all was the most obnoxious. Sh- I was, th- and this is the more frustrating thing about. It. I haven't seen Thirteen Hours, but it's by default his best film in ten years. But that's only because he's been making Transformers. Right. So who fucking and pain cares? And gain. Say what? Oh, Pain and Gain. Yeah. Did you see Six Underground on Netflix? No, I didn't see that. No, either. I heard no. that wasn't very good. I heard it was terrible. Yeah. Thirteen Hours is the only one that people say eh, it's okay. Right. Uh, haven't seen it yet. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Yeah. But like. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. This, oh man, not a single thing to like about the characters for me. Aside from Yaya's performance. I like Yaya a lot and I, actually he's actually very good. Yeah. And the girl was pretty good, although her lipstick doesn't change throughout the entirety of the movie. So, yeah, she looks remarkably hot throughout the entire thing. Yeah, when given she has, that she's, yes, an EMT worker that's been kidnapped. I want to, she looks hot when she's removing someone's spleen, right. and, which is the best scene in the movie. Um, Fucking dude, yes. come on, dude. That's it, though. That's come it. on. That's it, that's it, that's They're it. They're taking a guy's spleen out. <laughs> and it blows up. Cool. Idiot, emergency <laughs> splenectomy or whatever it's called. The, the, I, I was thinking, there's there's so many instances where it's like, if, I, if I'm like, if, if you're like an actual director, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if but if you're like a director that cares about like 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 the unspooling of information and how every shot needs to matter, yeah, 
the, the, as I said before, a thousand shots that don't tell you anything about the story. Fucking, You're yes. just flying. I, I, yeah, okay, okay obviously. Might, might as well point the camera this at... This was the knock 25 years ago. I don't this give a shit. new. I mean, come on, <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Bay. No, it's not. It's though. Michael Bay, but it's, dude. But it's random to the point where it's like, might as well point the camera at a Burger King, and it wouldn't it'd make no difference. There are times yes. when they do. Yes, yes exactly. There are times when we're just <laughs> looking at LA. <laughs> might as well cut to a random shot of a toilet and zoom in as it's flushing. Yeah. It's that random yes. sometimes. It's like, what did that reveal? There is a shot that is done entirely to look cool. I'm like, was that only to look cool? And it's the shot, it's in the trailer, and it's where the drone is going through the tunnel, and there's these little pillars there. Yeah. And it's Fuck like, yeah, dude. and at the last second, it turns to the left, and you see the car go by. That's yeah. the only bit of story that's revealed in that little moment. Right. And I'm like... Did they just use that shot because it looked cool? Yes. That's the only fucking reason. <laughs> We're not in disagreement here. God, it was, I, I agree with you on all of this. It was insanely dumb. I The way I was describing yes. it was the amazing Spider-Man 2 of uh, cinematic oh, visuals. Stop it. Because here's the thing. It's surprisingly forgettable visually. I disagree. I What do you remember? I don't remember a single shot. I disagree. Here's the thing. When I recall the movie, I just think of noisy messiness flying around yeah. Woo! Here we go. and I just think of like like blurred images and just swish pads and I can't hold on to anything it's like this lonely visual experience that I'm not moved by any one moment I just think of the movie as a whole being a, a chaotic myriad of stuff happening yeah it's it's bad listen you have to be you you know what I mean like that that's how I feel now about about filmmakers he's being him yeah like if you're gonna be Michael Bay Michael Bay is not a good filmmaker we fucking know this dude like I love The Rock as much as the next guy and I like the Bad Boys movies if just fine and if, if we're on the if we're on the, the the topic of Michael Bay Hitler if you're gonna be Hitler just go for it man well, not, just do okay, it it's like right, just well, go do it now you're kind just, of twisting my just words go for it. a little bit but well no I'm just quoting <laughs> Megan Fox I'm just quoting <laughs> Megan Fox <laughs> right <laughs> But like this movie is so unapologetically him that I just yes. I respected the chutzpah. I yes. did. I just respected yeah. the ambition of it. I mean, there's a, there's an op- the opening shot of this movie is of the the two brothers, one played by Yaya uh, Abdul Mateen, and the other one is Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, they're sort of adopted brothers. That's why they don't match racially speaking. Uh, and they're walking down a, a, a street corner in L.A. in like the 80s or 70s, yeah. and it, literally just a shot of those two walking. There must be a hundred cuts. Like there must. <laughs> There's so. It's in slow motion, and we're one, cutting. It's one of the most insanely rushed and awkwardly shoehorned in things I've seen. No, but it just tells you what movie you're in immediately. And like, <laughs> I, I felt the same way about Tony Scott movies. It's like if you're gonna be frenetic, like here, here's the thing. Depends right? on the Tony Scott movie, though. Totally. Uh, yes, there are bad Tony Scott movies and good ones. Yeah. No question. Like now, you sort of think of frenetic editing as. Uh, being there in place of um, of bad coverage, like mm. if you look at a, a J.J. Abrams movie, for example, or if you look at Colin uh, Trevorrow movie, a Colin Trevorrow movie, like there was a whole Twitter thread that I, I sent you this week yeah, about why good. the yeah why the new Jurassic World is just the one of the worst edited movies ever. <laughs> like it's not intentional, right? It's because the director didn't get the right shots on set, and the editor had to figure it out in the edit bay. Um, and you can tell the difference, I think. Yeah. Between that and a Michael Bay movie, which is clearly there's a plan. You know what I mean? Like it is chaos, but it is purposeful chaos. Like the amount of cuts that 
you see in the final product are the same amount of cuts that Michael Bay envisioned when he shot the movie on set. And I think you can tell the difference between the two. I don't think it's covering for um, a, a lack of artistry. I think it is in and of itself artistry. And I felt the same way about Tony Scott. I agree that it's artistry. It doesn't make it good. No, and I mean, I'm listen, also, if you don't vibe I'm, with it, that's and fine. And also, I'm, are you sure with the amount of fucking cuts that, that happened for no reason, by the I, way? I think he planned it. I do. No! I think, I think it's planned. You're out of your mind if you believe planned. that. No, because there's nothing specific about the shots. They're just, co- they're covered. There's tre- tremendous amount of coverage. There's a, yeah, he, he shot a he lot shot of footage. He shot the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> yes. And that's what happens when you have hours of of coverage is that I don't really know how I'm going to cut this together and we're going to figure it out in the editing room. And yeah, we're, and yes, we're also, but, but it's but it's all there, though. The pieces are there. Well, the, I guess. Well, the blocking of the, like, of the think, action think about sequence. Bohemian for sure. Rhapsody, for example, oh, yeah, like that yeah. one best editing at the Oscars because the Academy voters don't understand what good editing well, I'm, is. I'm not advocating for Bohemian Rhapsody right now. Yeah, yeah, but I do think that there's you have to draw the distinction where, you know, frenetic editing isn't always bad editing. Like, frenetic yes. editing can be a choice. I just think, for the most part, it isn't a choice. Mm-hmm. For the most part, it's like, man, this movie's fucking flat. I'm going to try to spice it up a little bit in the edit bay. <laughs> yes. You know, whereas as here, like, Michael Bay is doing his thing, man. Yeah, and that's what I respected about it more than anything else. Well, you take the idea of the movie being a frenetic thing and you just apply that to everything. You yes. don't nece- I don't think you necessarily how that, you know, I don't think you necessarily know how that's going to come together in the edit. Yes. You just know okay, it's going to yeah, be frenetic enough. on the whole because yeah, that's the attitude you, you never know how a movie's going to turn out until you get to the edit bay. I mean, but that, I don't there's... feel that way about all of Michael Bay's movies. Okay. I don't feel that way about the first Transformers movie. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. Think, I think that movie's fine. Yeah. I don't feel, but I, I, I don't particularly feel that way even about some of those terrible sequels, if you can believe it. Uh, <laughs> they're, but they're, most of them. They're but, really uh, bad. Yeah, they're fucking terrible. They're really bad. Uh, but I, I don't even feel that way about Pearl Harbor, which is an awful movie. It's an awful movie. But that is a movie where the shot selection is very specific most yeah. of the time, where there's a lot of intentionality to what he's doing and where yeah, he's putting the camera. you still have the Bayham, though, the, sort oh, yeah. of the, the uh, 360 around the, the person looking at the sky. I mean, you still have that. In this but movie. at least it has, like, like it's focusing on, like, the stuff that's actually happening in the story as opposed to this where I'm whipping over to a building. Why are we whipping over to this building? Because it was a cool whip. Yeah. Well, because we're going <laughs> fast, man. It's like, it's, I, I don't know. I think the use of drones here, it, obviously it calls attention to itself. Yeah. There's no question yeah. about it. <laughs> it's blatantly obvious. There's not a single point where I was like, that's not a drone. Dude, I think it puts you in an interesting point of view. I think it puts you somewhere in between the omniscient eye of God point of view and the sort of person on the ground point of view. Like I, I well, think be- like it's a cool sort of, I don't, I, I've never seen a movie quite like it before. Is that fair to say? I've never seen a movie that that puts me in the shoes of these people uh, in this kind of way. And that's why I compare. I wrote a letterbox review about it. I, I compared it to the experience of a roller coaster. Like I, I do. Sure, sure. I think it is very much like a roller coaster. Like, you know, if you go on a ride with a, a really steep drop, mm-hmm. like you don't exactly know where you are. Um, you don't know what's going on around you. You just know that I am scared. I'm enthralled. I'm 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 in this sort of out of body experience. Yeah. And. This movie simulates that experience to me better than any other movie I've, I've maybe ever seen. What, right, go ride a roller coaster then. Yeah, no, okay, go ride fair a enough. Roller fine, coaster. fine. There, 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 the funny thing about, about the the point about the omniscient shots is that there's there's a moment or two where that kind of works, where it's like the drone is just flying, and then you hear the police radio, and they're they're tuned into where these people are going, and then the drone whips around and it's going somewhere. We don't know where it's going, but it's like, oh wait, we got the call. Here we go, boom. Right, it's like you're, yeah, moments you're, like that. You're like in a, a breaking news helicopter or and something. The, 
But I look at that, I'm like, oh, that's intentional. And then the movie does it again in a scene where it doesn't apply whatsoever. I'm like, why? Yeah, yeah. Why, movie? Right. What are you doing? Yeah. You had me for like a half of a second, yeah. and now it's gone. Yeah. I don't buy the, the ending. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's not Chinatown, dude. I don't like, care. <laughs> I don't care if this scene is calling for me to feel bad for the moment. Like, it's like, why would his character do that? If you're going to put him out of his misery, shoot him in the head or shoot him in the leg if you want to save him. That was another one. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he's laying on the ground and he's crying that his brother's dying. You shot him. You're the one that shot him. It's like, wait, I shot him? No. Jake Gyllenhaal. Give her back the scarf. I don't know. It was just. <laughs> he actually didn't like Gyllenhaal in this. Huh? No, it's wow. one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Oh, by he's so crazy insanely in bad show. in this. I don't know, man. I, I, to me, it just felt like Bay finally found a guy that understands <laughs> his vibe. Oh, really? I, I think it's the first guy since Nicolas Cage to really get it. Nicolas Cage gets it. For N- sure. Nicolas Cage. Sean Connery in- gets it. Yeah. Certainly, yeah, but but Cage realizes in The Rock, like I need to just play this as as big as I possibly can because this is a big movie and I need to fill this space. I need to fill Bay's frame. Uh, you know, Ben Affleck does not understand that in Pearl Harbor. Shia LaBeouf no. does not understand that. Mark Wahlberg doesn't understand that. Gyllenhaal is the first guy that's come around that I'm like, oh yeah, he he is actually. He has snorted just as much cocaine as Bay did <laughs> before coming onto the set that day. That's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, I appreciated the sort of consistency of tone there. Oh, yeah. I, I, it doesn't doesn't mean it's good. doesn't mean he works. No, I mean, maybe it's not good, but it's whatever. It's what it is. <laughs> it was... I didn't buy a word out of that guy's mouth or a single physical decision he made. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? What the hell is this performance? It is so untethered, out of control. And yes, that's fitting for the movie, but you yes. can play that in a way that's like believable. Mm. In a in a way that's like like natural. Like he felt out of place, if you can believe it. That's the thing. It's like tonally it works, but at the same time, it's like you're not real. You're not a real character. You're not a real brother. You're not a real bank robber. What is this? Right. I guess. <laughs> you're I nothing. Yeah. You're just an actor. No, he's crazy. a crazy. Yeah, he's an action figure, right? Yeah. He's a toy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's communicating vibe. He is at But fu- Cage does that too, though, a lot. Cage will often do like a performance that it's it's not really meant to be a real person, but it's meant to sort of exude the sort of absurd vibe but, of whatever movie he's but, doing. But with vibe, there are interesting nuances that Jake Gyllenhaal's not communicating here, it's particularly with Cage, like you just said. Yeah. But there's a lot, even though like it, it might immediately feel kind of like abrasive, it's like, wait a second, what was that choice? Yeah. I don't see that here. Yeah. He's at volume 15,000 yeah. the entire time. <laughs> he definitely is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, no, bro. I'm Fucking a, hell. I'm upset you didn't like I it. hated it. <laughs> Just hated it. It's so bad. It's so bad. I was into it. I uh, really but, was. But, it's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was very good. Yeah, I, yeah. I like him a lot. He's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. He, he's really turning into one of my favorite yeah. actors working yeah. today. He's really good. Uh, okay. Is that it? That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I saw a movie called The Black Phone. Oh, yeah. So do I. Uh, directed by Scott Derrickson. The movie that he left Doctor Strange 2 to make. Uh, quote unquote creative differences yeah he said that but but recently he said in an interview that actually no that him and Marvel had a really good working relationship he just felt like he needed to step away because he read the black phone and it's like spoke to him yeah this is going to help me sort of cope with the trauma of my childhood Um, so it was really for personal reasons he's like I just need to do this to exercise all the demons because apparently he was a victim of uh, abuse Mm -hmm. Uh, 
it's good. It's okay. I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I don't think I liked it as much as you. I did have the experience watching it though. Uh, I, I texted you this afterwards. I'm like, Dude, this is just ripping off Stephen King at every turn. The just, story is, yeah, but I didn't, yes. feel, I didn't feel like the vibe was as much King. The vibe, the vibe felt more like Sinister to me, which is you know obviously because it's Scott Derrickson. It had its own unique um, mood that didn't strike me quite as King. King's a little more uh, mysterious and fun, and this wasn't quite that. This was a little more brooding and moody. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It's about childhood. It's about coming of age. Uh, there's a supernatural component to has, it. Has all like the Stephen King templates. It's there. got everything. The twist is King. I mean, it's it's all it's all King. Uh, and I'm like, God, this fucking King karaoke, or whatever. And then I start doing a Google search, and Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son, wrote the. <laughs> well, there you go. So there you go. So uh, I guess you're forgiven. Yeah. I, it, you're allowed to rip off King if you have some of his DNA in you, I yeah, suppose. I would expect so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I said this to you as well. Like, I, I didn't love the child performances. I, I found the the uh, the little girl in this to be kind of abrasive and annoying. Annoying. And, That's fair. Yeah. That's uh, fair. I, I, I like the kid. I like I like the kid who was actually trapped. He was I, he was. Yeah. Good. I didn't necessarily like all of his friends. Yeah. They were kind of unnatural, especially the kid who beats up the the bully at the beginning. I'm like, I didn't really buy yeah, the, him. The karate kid, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I referenced Book of Henry to you in the in the text. Maybe that was a little it's intense. a little intense, but but yeah, it, it's just you know um, kids behaving like adults. I, I that always just takes me out of movies. Like with these child performers, it's a little bit different because they they have to be a little they have to be a little more mature because their father is yes. a drunken piece of shit. Right, so they have to grow up quickly uh, totally. and deal with him. Uh, but you're not. With the little girl, even then, I would say they might have pushed it a hair too far. And to a degree, the boy as well. Yeah. There's certain things that he has to do in the movie. It's like, I don't care how mistreated you've been. I don't quite see you going there. But uh, he was still good in the movie. I liked him. He's good. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The uh, the trope of the um, intelligent child is, I think, well-worn in, in major motion pictures. And like that's something that always distracts me. Like... When a movie forgets that kids are supposed to be stupid. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if a kid is kidnapped and trapped in a basement, like, it's it's going to be really hard for him to get his way out of this. And yes. it, it it kind of felt like every kid that came before was really good at, like, building Rube Goldberg machines. Um, so, you know, but th- that didn't bother me that much. It's a supernatural horror movie, and that's fine. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh, I, I think he's good in this. I, I would say so, too. I, I think he's good. Um it's kind of a confusing choice. I, I know he did the purge um, and he's definitely worked within genre. He works within genre all the time. Yeah. Dude. All the time. He did, he did Gattaca. He did the magnificent seven. Totally. He did moon Knight. Yeah, dude. I don't know. It's <laughs> sure. He's been doing it since for, for a long time. I'm not sure that's what I want out of him now. I, I kind of want him to make more Paul Schrader movies. Yeah. I you know, know what did. I mean? I don't want him to do only Paul Schrader films. <laughs> that's, that's only a bad thing to me. I like a Paul. You could do one Paul Schrader film and then you're allowed one in a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a thankless role though. Like I, I don't actually think he's, he, he was able to do that much. Um, I think he chews the hell out of his scenes whenever he's there, though. Yeah, yeah. Mo- most of the the performance is under a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually he doesn't have a ton of screen time either. No, it's, no, it's no, a no. limited amount of screen time. Um, but in terms of like physicality and stuff, I think he's good. It's a fun movie. You can certainly oh, do yeah, a lot yeah. worse. I think like it's a really good like Friday night rental, and that's what it was for us, basically. Yeah, good popcorn movie. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I don't think you have to like rush out to see it in a theater. You can you can see it uh, on demand if you want. But yeah, I, I think it's it, it definitely slots in nicely in that sort of Stephen King lineage of like solid B horror movies. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a it's a really yeah, you, it's a awesome little B movie. So yeah, if, if, if that's what we're talking about, I think as far as like the thematic stuff, it's it's there. It, it's not ironed out perfectly, though. But I mean, I kind of what's a what's a good comp here? Like okay, so there are horror movies. If if this is an expression for uh, Scott Derrickson, you know, if we have like like uh, Midsummer, which is Ari Aster's way of dealing with a breakup, mm. and it's very moody and thought provoking, and really digs into those themes, and he, he's tearing out his soul, right? Uh, so that's one approach to expressing yourself with your horror movies, and then this is like the cinematic equivalent of like uh, going outside and punching a tree for two hours. Which they're both, yes, they're both fine. Yeah, they're just not the same. Doesn't really cut to the core in the same way that Midsummer. I mean, it's very hard to cut okay. that deep. But okay, no, but like I, just, I've been watching Barry, and you right. know, there's the my lord, the queen is dead, and that's very gut wrenching. But I'm gonna be honest, so is the scene that follows where he's beating the shit out of the room. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it, it works. It works in its own way. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, I I think that makes sense. I I did kind of find some of the commentary to be a little I wouldn't even say mixed or muddled. I just think kind of incomplete. Like yeah, I, I would agree. With I, that, I wasn't yeah. exactly sure what Scott Derrickson wanted to say about his child. <laughs> um, not that I really want him to. Like I'm okay with the movie just being its own insulated thing. Um, but it, it I, I think it was aspiring to say something about the cycle of abuse um, and about you know kids having to break it, standing up for themselves and. Like, you know, there's never really a, a sort of uh, a reconciliation with his father. Like, that's sort of just left there as a, as a hanging thread. I mean, he, well, I don't know. He comes up and he's, he apologizes, I guess. But it's it's only because for, like, the most incredibly bad thing happens to his kids. It's like, eh, right. Man. Yeah, the, the, there was there was something missing there. Not even that I needed it. I, like, I didn't really need, like, a preachy issues movie. Um, but if it's leaning in that direction, then maybe try a little harder. I agree. Yes, I, I, need, a, I need a little more there there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even fully disagree, too. Yeah. yeah. But I just think it's, like like you said, as a, as a, um, as a Friday Night B movie with a tremendous amount of pathos, it does work. It does work. I don't yeah. think it extends into, like, A-plus horror or anything like that. But... I mean, my, my God, this is so much better than, you know, the, 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 what this movie would have been in the 2000s. Jesus Christ. Totally. Jesus fucking Christ. This movie would have been bad. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten really good at making Stephen King movies. Yeah. 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 I mean, th- that's just like a formula now that's copy and paste. It's mm-hmm. everyone. Know, because everyone that's making movies now grew up with Stephen King. Adaptations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a, and it's a little, it's a little worn out. But uh, yeah, you think yeah, a little, a little, you think? A little worn out. <laughs> But whatever. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, let's talk Nope. Nope. Let's do it. Uh, Jordan Peele's third movie. Um, three years after Us. It's been a whole three years since yeah. Us hit theaters. Um, this one, once again, stars Daniel Kaluuya reuniting with Jordan Peele. Uh, his second collaboration after Get Out. Uh, Kiki Palmer is also in this. Stephen Yun. Michael Wincott. Brandon Pereira. And your boy Keith David for yeah. a thankless role yeah, in the I first thought, thirty seconds of the movie. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. Yeah. Um, let's talk Peel first. Mm. Okay. I'd like you to articulate exactly why Peel hasn't worked for you in the past, because I think my understanding of it is that 
he's a director that you really want to like. Yeah. And it just hasn't clicked for you. And no. I, so I want to know like where you're at with him in 2022. I mean, this was sort of the, the sealed the deal on me because where I realized like he's, he can direct in this movie. You can see that you can yeah. direct a movie. Yeah. <sighs> Stop writing your scripts. Yeah. This is the thing that really, and I, I, I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me at this point. This is the thing I was looking at. I'm like, God, like there's so many great directorial moves here. He's a here. really good co- composer of shots. Yes, like he's, yes, he's yes, really yes. Fa- he got good at that really fast. Yeah, he's great at he's like really good. He's great at misdirecting your eye. Yeah. He's great at like just coming up with like like unique and inventive visuals from time to time. Yeah. Um, and 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 making them fit naturally, but I just, like the storytelling is just so choppy and not fully ironed out it's it seems i was i was i forgot who i was talking with this about but it's to me seems more of an example of starting with theme and then building the story out where i'm like just come up with the idea for the story and then cleverly work your themes in that way because i think think it would be a much more natural process and the same goes for his characters and i you know i guess i'm i and tip of my hat a little bit but i didn't dislike this movie i don't think it's i like it way more than us let me just be perfect i do too a lot more than us although i actually kind of like us us not that good <laughs> I, I i've i don't know i know. i haven't rewatched it to be fair so i you know i've nope. seen get out a couple times now i don't i don't know if i've ever revisited us <laughs> us is a fascinating example of like like if you were to if you were to really test people and be like how do you actually feel about jordan peele yeah and they i they might be a little like, well, I like him. They probably, I, I don't know. Do people, here's my question. Yes, Are I do. Are people as yeah. in love with Jordan Peele as the critics? I am not sure. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not sure if that's Well, true. the box office would suggest that they are. Yeah, I mean, like this no, movie's no, no, doing no, no, well. No. I mean, but I, again, we've talked about this before. A movie that just because it's there and it's by a director that we like. But do they, are any of his films like, like, like truly beloved? Uh, yeah, I think Get Out is below. at this point. Yeah, I, I think I think Get I Out is a sort of generational movie, it, it, as particularly like young horror fans now. Like in the same way that you grew up watching Halloween or Jaws or Alien or whatever, I think like I don't know if it's going to be their favorites. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Only time will I tell. I, I, yeah. But I mean, Get Out was a hugely popular movie. I mean, that it, not only was it a critical darling, hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, all the Oscars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it made a lot of money, and, and it's. Movies like that don't make a lot yeah. of money. That's just not how it works. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I will say, too, just, you know, it, it feels like, you know, different demographics of people go to his movies. It, you know, it feels like, you know, black audiences and other people of color are like really serviced by these kinds of sure, movies. Yeah, and yeah. It, it is kind of nice. Like, you know, we live in the Northeast. It's a, you know, fairly diverse area in Connecticut or whatever. Um but uh, you go to the theater and like, you know, you see a lot more color there than than you would I don't at, think, no, that's at cool, the average but... horror movie. So like I do think like he's definitely tapping into a a, a a type of moviegoer that is no not usually serviced by genre films. No, I agree with that. Too, you know, yeah. so he's definitely tapped into that. Um, I will say. I'm, I'm not sure, certainly in the case of us, I'm talking about the enthusiasm, but maybe today. even in the case of Nope as well, that. People truly understand what his movies are about, mm-hmm. and I don't. I don't know if the average moviegoer is really reckoning with the thematic significance of his movies. I think in the case of us, like it's a movie that really looks cool and it's got a good Lupita Nyong'o performance, mm-hmm. and like just everything's really cut together fluidly and it's really well directed. Um, 
But if you ask someone to explain like what the message of us is, I, I don't know if the average moviegoer would have a coherent answer for you. I don't think they care. And that speaks to... And lot- by the way, Get Out is similar. Like yeah. Get Out has been misinterpreted. Oh my God, constantly. You know yeah. what? When, the- it, when it first came out, I thought it was completely misinterpreted by most people. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Have you talked with people? Because I, I, when I've talked with people about Jordan Peele, the, the consensus seems to be, yeah, I like Jordan Peele. It's not like the most crazy thing. They just like that he exists and that he's making genre films right. that are available. But I don't, I, I don't know if he's anyone's favorite. And but that was most evident to me by us because that's a movie that came out and it did really well at the box office. Was really like like praised. By critics the, loved it. Critics loved it. Yeah. But have you heard a word about us since it came out? No. 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 Yeah. I, um. That was the. That was the. The first red flag for me it was like it's, i don't know guys like are you that crazy about him and then sure enough when that came out i was like well are we talking yeah it was fine yeah this is i mean it's it's interesting this is a better movie to me yeah. i liked it more and and for the record for the record i'd like to say that i do like it enough to call it a good movie i think it's a good movie i don't think it's bad at all at all and i would probably recommend it um but it but it but this did highlight more like this similar issues that I've been having with him in the past. And I think a lot of that really does pare down to the writing. Cause it's like, I see him behind the camera. I'm like, Oh, that was a good idea. That was a good move. Yeah. I, there's a lot of really interesting visual ideas. Yeah. It, but, and by the way, not for nothing, obviously he's a great composer of shots. And that's like the first thing we think about yeah. when we think about a director is how they sort of, they, they turn the script into a visual thing. Sure. Uh, he always gets good performances out of his actors. I mean, just across the board, whatever you want to say about us, Lupita Nyong'o is really good in that movie. Um, You know, uh, Kaluuya, Oscar nominated for Get Out. Yeah. It helps that I'm working with Daniel Kaluuya, who's like one of the best actors of his generation, apparently. Well, this is the thing. But there is a sort of tonal consistency to the performances, at least. With his movies. And I know you're not always a big fan of the tone about like that sort of like the, the sort of broad comedy mixed with horror in a sort of social satirical way. But. It does feel like every character in this movie is in the same movie. Oh, I agree with that. So, like, that's what you got to look at. Like, great directors always get great performances out of actors, and that's sort of an underrated part of the job. Well, they definitely get unique performances. I mean, because I'd say the exact same thing about M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, is that you yeah. get very consistently Shyamalan performances. Sh- <laughs> well, yeah, yes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Mark Wahlberg knew what movie he was in when he made The Happening. No one did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But especially for judging like Signs and like I, I don't even Lady in the Water. Like those feel like they came from Shyamalan. Yeah, even though Lady in the Water is not a very good movie. No, but but those performances relate to what he will do in Signs as well. It's not that different. Or, yeah. Well, vice versa, Lady. In the water came second uh yes yeah, it's signs was early signs okay, was okay, after right. um unbreakable yeah i always flopped those two yeah no it for sure but I, I i do think part of like what makes a great director though is the is the ability to wrangle all of the disparate pieces like it's it's hard to make a movie where everyone is on the same page where the cinematographer and the actors and the 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 composer all know the kind of movie that they're making oh yeah and it's hard especially when Peel is really playing around with a lot of genres here. Oh my god. He's yeah. playing around with horror and science fiction and westerns and comedies and like that's tough. It's a tough balancing act and you know there's only a handful of guys that can do that. Like Tarantino's really fucking good at that. You yeah, know? Yeah, I, I know, I know. Paul Thomas Anderson's really good at that. And and Jordan Peele I put firmly in that lineage of like He's trying though. This, yeah, this is the thing I have to. Keep they they feel stressing. like Jordan Peele movies. You know, I know what a Jordan I, Peele I, movie is. No, I agree with that, but I have to stress he's 
he's trying because because what this movie feels like more to me is a series of ideas some good some bad but regardless like like some there are there are a, a few very compelling ideas in there but at the end of the day it, a lot of this movie feels stitched together with just a bunch of fat it's kind of entertaining it's fun in part uh for that first hour just for me, I didn't feel that much. I mean, third act's pretty great. Third act I, rules. Really fun. Yeah. But there's just a lot of like, why are we meandering on this? Is are you and I kept wondering, like, Jordan, are you really that compelled by this idea of spectacle in this way? Yeah. It's like, is this really I it, it wasn't it was like I felt like John Cassavetti's talking to Ter- uh, not Terrence, fucking Scorsese when Scorsese made Boxcar Bertha. And Cassavetti was like is this really the thing you're interested in? Yeah. Seriously? Like, like why? Like, aren't you, what did Scorsese say to that? Oh my God. <laughs> I've never seen this interview. Uh, John Cassavetes, uh, was shown, um, um, a boxcar Bertha and you know, Scorsese had been working on this for like two years. And then after the screening, uh, uh, he comes up to Scorsese and he's just like, congratulations. Cause you just made a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> And he's and he's like 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 Marty seriously it's it's a fine film whatever but like is this is this really what you want to do that right isn't there something more that you're a little interested in it didn't seem like your heart was really in that and Scorsese was like well I have the script and so and so it's the script for Mean Streets right he's like you know I've been trying to get that off the off off the ground it's something that's really personal to me and he's like do that. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that's sort of where Scorsese's "Write What You Know" came from, right? I mean, I, it's, I it's often credited to him, but a million people have said it over the years. And Cassavetes was definitely one of those people where he's like, "Listen, just make make the movie that you care about." You know what I mean? Don't worry about the movie that will sell. Don't worry about the movie that has spectacle. Just make the movie that you're interested in, and like the good movie will follow. Yeah, Tarantino says that too all the time. Oh he's, yeah, he's like, if you love movies, like you can't help but make a good one, unless you're Trevor O. Well, I guess it, unless you're Trevor O. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not always true. Yeah, but like start from inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just kept wondering, like, because it felt like a lot of the 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 meat or the themes or a lot of the emotional through lines were kind of trying. It's like he was forcing them to happen a lot of the time. I don't know. I didn't buy a lot of the, the sadness in this story. And frankly, there's a lot of this movie to me that felt pretty underwritten particularly some of the characters. Mm. That was the other thing I, I was very surprised by. Cause even though like, I don't love everything about get out. I do like a lot of that character work in that movie in, in particular, it kind of goes about it in a sort of unconventional kind of quiet way, but it's, but it's pretty interesting. But this is like, like Kiki Palmer is a great performance, but I don't know if her character is. She's all really good in this. I, I, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't know if her character is like completely figured out. I'm not sure I know a ton about her, but no, no. she's, Got a ton of charisma. And uh, Kaluuya, too, is kind of doing like a Clint Eastwood sort of mumbling thing. Yeah. Uh, I hated the tech guy. Just just didn't like him. Just yeah, flat out did he's not kind like of, him. It's weird because he's kind of brought in for comic relief in a movie that doesn't need comic relief. You know what I mean? Like it's already sufficiently comedic. I don't know if it's that funny either. There's, no, but it, it has this sort of like playful energy in the first oh, yeah. hour that I like you don't really need him in there. I agree. Uh, I agree with you, though. Kiki Palmer's excellent. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I obviously like this one more than you did, I guess. Um, think back to some of those Shyamalan movies. Think back to some of those Spielberg movies. I mean, think back to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is being referenced a lot in reviews of this movie. <laughs> My blending is, uh, I was talking with Jabril, to me it's more of a blending of Close Encounters and Tremors. Oh, yeah, a lot of Tremors, a definitely. Lot of tremors yeah, 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 a lot of Tremors. And obviously both 
descendants of Jaws. Um, yes. So yes, yeah, yes, it's yes. got Jaws in it too. Uh, does a ton happen in Close Encounters of the Third Kind? I mean, you don't really see the aliens until the end. There's a lot of like staring at the the the, the pile of fucking shaving cream that uh, you know that the main character made. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of build up. There's a lot of tension building. Like, there's there's not a ton of like action. No, but there's also a lot of gorgeous spectacle in Close Encounters th- throughout. Whereas this, it's you, the spectacle that we're talking about, the Close Encounters spectacle, you really don't quite get until that last third of the movie. That's where it really picks up. And here in this, it's, I don't know, it's it's kind of a lot of walking and talking uh-huh. uh, quietly. I like their chemistry enough, though. I think like that carries it through. It's okay. Good. It's okay. I don't know if it... I don't know if it I don't know if it grounded me in the movie and I think that's the other thing. I didn't find myself really locked in and like really oh what's going to happen next until, you know, we get much later into the film. Cuz I think cuz a lot of it too um again was just kind of like it felt like obligatory with how it was pushing itself along. There's a scene where, you know, the first alien encounter happens and Chris, you know, and I say Chris because of his character in Get Out. Um <laughs> OJ. OJ, OJ. How could you forget his name is OJ? OJ. Yeah. <laughs> A little on the nose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a movie about the downfalls of spectacle. And we named the main character OJ. <laughs> um, but there's, the, you know, the, he's in the he's in the field and the lights are kind of going out. It's weird. And then you see like this object just barely. You barely, barely see the, the UFO flying in the distance. And it happens for maybe half a second, if that. And then it goes into the clouds. And he's convinced it's aliens right there. And he's also able to convince Kiki Palmer that it's aliens right there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you need like at least one more scene where you're really affected by this thing in order to, before you say, I saw a UFO, let's go film it. Yeah. Uh, just stuff like that. There's a lot of like, uh, you, I don't know. I don't know. Like the movie didn't have time to do these scenes because there's the, the other show I have is that there's like four movies within this movie. Uh yes, maybe this is what we should get to now. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. The the majority of this movie centers around Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer hunting this what they originally suspect is a UFO. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert! By the way, we're going to spoil the show of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, later revealed uh, to be a an actual alien creature. The best reveal of the movie. I I I, I do want to say this because I don't want to get I don't want to get too negative. Like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. And like I said, good. Go check it out, people. It's good. It's yeah. good. Good enough. Um, <laughs> but the alien is awesome. It's yeah. Really great uh, thing that I didn't see coming. I was talking with Jabril about this. There's that classic point where all the townspeople get sucked up into the alien ship. And then you see the insides of the alien ship. And it's like, oh, God, it's doing some weird experiments with them. It's going to fuck them up. It's going to. Jabril said, oh, they're going to get mutated. Right. And I'm right. like, oh, no, it's being sucked into this other compartment. And then they're going to do their experiments. Right. right. No, it's eating them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. Oh, God. And then you that's think, its mouth. And then you think about the scene afterwards and you're like, oh, God, it's so disturbing and fucked up. Oh, and you can hear the children screaming. It's like, eh. Yeah. Oh, it's really good stuff. Really yeah. effective. No, there. Yeah, there's there's some unsettling shit in this for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, all is to say that perhaps the most unsettling scene in the movie involves a chimpanzee. Yes. Um, and uh, a character played by Stephen Young. So uh, Stephen Young plays a former child actor um, that uh, participated in a uh, in a in a short lived sitcom called Gordy's Home as a child. 
that involved an accident with a chimpanzee that is later shown in the movie. Uh, the chimpanzee hears the sound of a popping balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chimpanzee freaks out, goes crazy, uh, essentially mauls uh, Stephen Young's co-star. Um, two co-stars. Two co-stars die. Yeah, the girl lives. Well, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, but then she dies later. Well, yes, yeah, it dies, dies at the hands of another beast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Stephen Young survives, though, and um, uh, I, I guess his experience with the chimp informs what he considers quality entertainment, right? And and sort of uh, uh, sparks the love of spectacle and sort of empty spectacle. So flash forward to the movie, Stephen Young discovers... Uh, the the UFO, which we now know is an alien that eats things, um, and is purchasing horses from Daniel Kaluuya in order to feed this this monster, uh, and then eventually entertain a, a crowd of spectators. Uh, and things go horribly wrong, and Stephen Young and all the spectators get eaten. Yes. Uh, so the the movie opens with the chimpanzee. Uh huh. And. I immediately thought of us because us opens with a similar sort of, and actually get out too. opens with a sort of uh, in media res out of left field, um, you know, cold open. And uh, you know, um, in us, it's the fun house on the beach where Lupita Nyong'o as a child gets a switched out with her doppelganger. And in us, it's um, I I think you mean get out, get out. It's the, yeah. yeah. Get out is uh, the guy being kidnapped, right? Yes, is that yes. Lakeith Stanfield being kidnapped? Yes, it is. Yes, okay, it is. Yes. Right. So he does a similar thing here. And in both cases, that cold open reveals a twist. It's, it's brought back around and it reveals a twist. In us, it's a very explicit twist of like, Lafita Nyong'o was actually her doppelganger all along. And that the, the scene you saw at the beginning of the movie takes on a whole new meaning. And, you know, I don't like the ending of us. I, I think like it's really tacked on. It doesn't make much logical sense, nor does it make much storytelling sense. I'm not sure like the movie takes on a new thematic resonance because the doppelganger was switched as a child. Okay. Uh, and it feels kind of fucking random. And here we open with the chimp. And I think you said to me while we were watching, we saw the movie together, but you, you yeah, turned yeah, over yeah, to me yeah. and you were like, yeah, the monkey has something to do with the alien. Should. Well, you think about well, so it. Maybe. So that's interesting. You right? think about it. It's like, is is it is it going to be the government and this guy used the chimp at the end to right? Because that would make sense closer. It would make more sense to his character. I so you assume it's going to be there, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. You assume we introduce the chimpanzee at the beginning of an alien movie. It should pay off at the end. I thought the twist was going to be they weren't actually aliens. That was, right. That's what I thought. It was I be. thought a similar yeah. thing that it was some sort of government experiment yeah. and right. The, yeah. It's not that. No. Um, the chimpanzee scene plays out again in the middle of the movie, and Stephen Young is killed almost instantly after that, yes. that scene is replayed. And what it does is inform character. It's simply used as a character-building device. And I thought, that's fucking interesting, right? Here's two movies where Jordan Peele was clearly really in love with his own scripts. I think particularly in Us. Yes. There was a oh, lot yeah. A lot of there, there. Really Too feel, much there, Really there. feeling himself. <laughs> really feeling himself <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. And, I, you know, I started thinking back on directors like Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. who made Memento. And then, you know, which is a movie all about twists. Yeah. Following has yeah. a twist. The Prestige has a twist. You know, um, eventually kind of matures out of it and realizes that all this movie magic 
we can use it to actually inform character and enrich the story. Whereas in a movie like Us, that ending, I don't know, in my opinion, kind of undermines the story. Kind of undermines totally. the dramatic significance of the third act. It's unfortunately one of those twists where it's like, great, I am never watching this again for that twist. Right. <laughs> it kind of ruins the movie for me. Kind of does. Here I'm like, oh, Peel's using the same tricks he had before, but using it in, I think, like a more enriching way. Sort of, yeah. I actually really like the chimpanzee stuff here. And, like, I think it's a sign that he's maturing as a screenwriter. So there, that's where I would push back a little on you. And I, I think he has learned a lesson or two. Think about, like, fucking what Tarantino was doing with Pulp Fiction. One uh, of the great movies ever made, right? Yeah. But what's the suitcase? Yeah. You know, it's just a trick. It's just a bit of business. It doesn't really inform character at all. And by the time you get to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's a movie all about character. Mm-hmm. You know, and Glorious Bastards is all about character. Django and Jane is all about character. Um, I think Peel had to get a couple movies out of his system. <laughs> and that to me was the sign of like, oh, the chimpanzee thing is it's purely, purely to build up these characters and to explain something and paint, you know, this person in a new light. He's well, he, I, I agree that, um, it's nice to see that it is mostly used for character. Um, but did you like its inclusion in the story? Yeah, I did. I did. I dug it. I did not. I liked it. I thought it was like, I thought the scene itself was really effective. The scene itself is effective, but, but when you think back to it and you're like, Huh? It's another one of those instances where I'm like, what did that really service in the story aside from character? I mean, it's nice that it's it serviced character, but it didn't really do much else for me. And I guess when I think back to it, I'm like, that's the motivation for Stephen Young's character. I didn't really buy it. Okay. I didn't, and it felt it felt a bit like again, it felt like this very strange roundabout explanation where it's like you're telling me he's fascinated in spectacle because of this event we needed at least one more scene where it pays off for this kid in some way but to me this is like you you go away from this type of business you never come back that makes sense to me you even Hmm. even the idea of spectacle and the idea of like telling the audience we must move on to the next big thing like like how how did this how how does a kid witness this and think that it's a good idea to keep you know using it to keep like playing around with monsters yeah well okay i think the moment where they're about to fist bump um and and the monkey is shot in the head before they're allowed to fist bump i mean that was kind of a moment where steven young as a child was like i'm the one that tames this beast like i'm the one that was able to control him he fucking mauled my tv mom and dad but he's still cool with me and I think like he sort of had this confidence yeah. instilled in him as a child that he could sort of master nature. Right? That's fair. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, to me, that, that was sort of my reading of it is that, you know, he, he was, um, you know, he never got that moment of the fist bump with the monkey. You know what I mean? No, like so he, he wants it back. So I think he wants that. I think he wants to sort of get as close as he can to death. Um, listen, now whether or not you think that's like a, a a believable human reaction to something like that is I guess neither here nor there. Maybe you don't buy it as, you know, as a real character, but I at least understood what he was going for there. But to rope back around, which is fair. It's a, it's a nice reading, but it's also what I'm talking about when I say like you're at the service of theme rather than story. Yes. 
totally. And that's it's a problem I've had with him in the past. It's like I don't I don't know if that's where you want to start so much because it does lead to some weird storytelling inconsistencies and questions that just kind of leave me scratching my head and not really in a good way. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in this movie, right? You know, and I think you're right. It does feel like it's in its own movie. Yes, the, I would the, love the to. Stephen Yen thing movie. is kind of yeah running parallel with the. Yeah. Uh, with with Kaluuya and, and Kiki, I'm not the only one to to say this, but I would have actually had loved to have seen that movie as well. You know, yes. I, I'm cool with the Alien movie, but you know, also show me that movie. Yeah, but we need to separate these two. To me, I mean, you there's a I think there's a more natural way of discussing some of these uh, ideas of humans strange relationship with spectacle in a way that's more you know focused on what's going on with with OJ and uh, Kiki Palmer. Mm-hmm. So. That's just that's just me, but but yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get you. I I think I like it's about kind of meeting filmmakers where they're at. I mean, it's similar oh, know, to the discussion that we had with Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, and I've said this recently too. This yeah. is what Peel does. I mean, yeah. like he makes social satire. He he. He does genre movies, but ultimately he's trying to point the camera back in our direction and, and show us something about ourselves. See and the movie on its terms. Yeah, yeah. you kind of have to yeah. know that going in. Yeah. Um, and like sometimes the satire works, sometimes it doesn't, but like that's what he's doing. Uh, I know, I know, I you know. You know what I mean? Like he's not making the predator, you know? He's no. not <laughs> making like just a, a pure action caper. There's going to be some heavy handed yeah, satire. Wait. And for what it's worth, I thought that this was. Uh, um, a little more uh, firmly embedded in the story. I thought like you had to dig a little deeper to get to it as opposed to us, which was just blanketly like an essay. Oh yeah. I did think this was a little more carefully done. You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it pays off in ways that are also a little more emotionally satisfying. That's just one of those examples where I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. I see what we're trying to say here, but is that really how you wanted to integrate it into the story? It just felt very awkward and kind of forced to me. Yeah. So totally. Um, that being said, uh, the, the fucking it's it's so well shot it's yes. such a fucking it's well shot it's Hoyt Hoyt knows what he's Hoyt's doing so good shot on, shot on film too really yeah, you can I, tell it looks good I mean the third act of this movie I mean again we're we are not the first ones to draw the comparison to Spielberg but it kind of felt like Get Out was was Peel's sort of Hitchcock sort of you know chamber piece contained you know Get Out's very precise in its sort of filmmaking and mm-hmm. and Us is a little more you know uh, uh sweaty it's a little got a little more fat on the bone uh, a lot of wonders kind of felt like a little bit like the shining kind of felt like a, a 80s b movie it was kind of like in the vein of say like a carpenter movie or a or it's kubrick movie or something like that degree. this is fat on it too there's a lot of yes, fat in this movie. but this yeah. is purely spielberg i mean like more specifically yeah yes uh, and you know the third act of this movie involves three people trying to capture a monster so like yeah. it's it's very much like jaws um it yeah, also by the way, people, it's not a it's not a horror movie. This is the thing. Not really. People, no. people it's not t- particularly scary. No, 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 no. And people have been talking about this. Oh, he's a great horror director. I'm like, well, he's made Nope. Did you forget that he just made Nope? Yeah. He's not a horror. He's not. Or he's he's a horror. He can be a horror director, but this is not a horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's horror in the way that some of Spielberg's movies were horror, but sure, sure. they're not really. No, right? this, this is not a horror movie at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, the, everything with the monster design at the end was really good, and and. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he uh, tries to incorporate Western elements in a way that I think could have felt forced very easily. And that worked for me. I I really liked the Western stuff. I kind of liked it, too, honestly. You know, sort of it, it, it. fits very well in, in, in a movie that's sort of about, you know, trying to capture 
uh, uh, dying ideas or dying opportunities and, you know, holding on to what we've got to, to make something special and incredible. And that yeah, is protecting very, the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's saving the ranch. Yeah. yeah very, it's, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, and that's a, exactly. It's a very fitting to the, to, Western and also the setting, it's just natural. It's yeah. like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So all the Western stuff actually worked very well for me, honestly. Yeah. Honestly. And, and and to see these Did you like the last shot of Kaluya in the haze? I, I, I liked it, but I'm like, Django. Yeah. Django. Sure. It's like, okay, yeah, it's yeah. like it's it was nothing new, but I was like, it's it's well done. I and, and I see what you did there, Jordan. Yeah. yeah so it was but but it wasn't bad. No, no, no. I was I was okay with it for the most part. The the, the movie that I've seen referenced a lot in reviews of this is is a uh, Sidney Poitier's Buck and the Preacher, which was like okay. a, a '70s uh, western starring uh, mostly black cast, uh, and apparently Peel took a lot of inspiration from that. Uh, yeah, sort of the idea of like reclaiming the genre for like you know black people who would yes. you know most of them are are kind of either slaves or mm-hmm. you know or, or maids or whatever. Yeah. Um, they sort of reclaim this idea of like the first motion picture actually was a black man riding a horse, um, and the characters in this movie are descendants of them. I but I didn't find the racial commentary to be so in your face and. I appreciated that. I, I liked that these characters were allowed to just be characters and yeah. they didn't really have to stand for an entire race of, of people. Whereas like no. us yeah. kind of felt like that at times. Well, us is not just standing for race. It's standing for class as well. And that sure. it's just like you're ta- it's so much. It's so heavy, dude. Like, like right. you need to really separate this stuff in order to make it really like, like sink itself into you really really pierced the heart and it's like it just kind of it's felt more like a wet blanket to me in right. that movie whereas this no yeah they're people the, the thing i like more than anything is that they actually feel like constructed characters i yes. would have liked to have known a little more about them no but way, even but, like in django for example like that is like a, a deconstruction of the western or whatever and it's about like you know a slave yeah. getting revenge but like Django was still a slave in it like you know yes. I mean? like he can't hide from sort of the, the the character it cannot be separated from the historical significance no you know yet. that he represents and like yeah here it's just you know two black actors that get to be at the center of their own western you know what I mean and that that's what I liked about it yeah I like that too, too. whereas you know the, his other even get out in particular is a movie about race very specifically about race um and I fucking I I like these two actors a lot. Kaluuya is yes. great, dude. Like he's just phenomenal. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. A, he did. A, he did a really good job. I mean, yeah, he's he's very stoic in this movie. Like yeah. super super stoic. Yeah. So yeah, not I don't think that type of character is necessarily going to be for everyone. But he's I I've said this a lot. Like Kaluuya is just he can't not be charismatic. Yeah. He's literally doing plain face. Right. Not using his muscles. Right in the face for most of the movie, and it's still exhilarating to watch him act. <laughs> well, he's so expressive. I mean, that's the thing about Western stars like John Wayne or Eastwood or whatever. Like, they're they they have to be stoic. Their their faces have to sort of be etched in stone. Yes. Whereas, uh, you he know, has that look too. Well, he's got those eyes. Mm-hmm. Like his eyes just have lived five lifetimes. I that's know. The, like he always looks yeah. like he's about to cry. He's a yeah. very like emotional guy even if he's playing rage well emotional without being too emotional that's the right there's so much there there's so much barrier which is why get out works brilliantly because it's literally a movie about people suppressing their emotions yes you know so like when when you know he's in the uh the sunken place like it's why that image is so iconic of him you know sobbing on that on that armchair uh yeah here it's like yeah he like yeah you almost want him to let loose a little more and he just doesn't give you that 
You know? Hardly ever. And, and, and this was a little uh, surprising because the, there are scenes where you expect him to react a little harder than he actually does, but he, he doesn't quite. Like he stays in that mode basically throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of people might find it a little, uh, it might throw them you know off the rails a little bit because it's not what you would expect a character like this to do in that moment. But uh, it's just him. I, I think if it's anybody else doing it, it's nowhere near as uh, p- profound. But yes, Daniel Kaluuya, he's just, he's just <laughs> fucking really he's good actor. Yeah. Really he's good just actor. really, really good. He said in an interview, he, he almost quit acting before he got get out. Really? Yeah, it was like things weren't really going well for me. I was like booking some TV shows or whatever, and wow. then Jordan Peele cast me, and it's like, oh, might as well stick it out. <laughs> <laughs> I would at that point, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, uh, where do you find this guy? This guy's crazy. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, what did you think about? So obviously, um, yeah, it it is a movie with themes. It's a movie about something to say. <laughs> I was hope it's a movie about themes. It has themes in the movie. <laughs> Definitely. Um, the film is literally about stabbing. <laughs> this is a movie literally about filmmaking. Yep. Um, Hence, crew on the back of his jacket. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> Pretty blatantly obvious. The first job he went to with his father, uh, him and Kiki Palmer play uh, horse wranglers for uh, Hollywood Productions. Um, and so the first job that his father took Kaluuya to was um, uh, the Scorpion King. Which I found so funny. But I loved the line where he said, uh, yeah, it was a kind of a waste of time because they ended up using camels yep. anyway. Because <laughs> when he said, I'm like, were there horses in that movie? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, camels. Yep, there it is. So he has this sweatshirt from the set of Scorpion King that he w- wears in the climax of the movie that says crew on the back. It hardly it represents nothing until he makes it represent something, right. which is a great moment. Yeah. Um uh, there's a cinematographer played by Michael Wincott. Um, Great to see him back. Who's really good in this. Uh, and, you know, he's obsessed with capturing this creature mm-hmm. in the golden hour. Yes. Um, and that's what, what ends up getting him killed. Well, we, we we know he's obsessed with that, like, right before he dies. That was a little nitpick I had. It's like, oh, he's just going to get the, the shot. And then the golden hour comes. He's like, oh, it's going to be magic. I'm going to ruin our plan now and try to film the thing. Right. I was like, wait, what, what, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That came out of nowhere, but whatever. But yeah, it's, you know, it's a movie about getting the perfect shot and about sort of Hollywood's obsession with changing the world. I, 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 at least I was right that it was going to be about Hollywood. I was yes. saying this prior. It's like, well, it's definitely going to be a movie about Hollywood. I can just tell. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't quite right about like how Hollywood was going to be used. Yes. But, you know, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's sort of, it's tearing down the studio system. I mean, at one point, there's yes. a conversation between the characters being like, this, this is going to do a lot of good, isn't it? And it's like, no, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, okay, you're already rehearsing the Oscar speech yes, that yes, this yes, movie's yes. about. Exactly. You know, they, they're uh, constantly obsessed with getting on Oprah. It's not about, you know, capturing the monster and killing him. It's about getting the footage to show to Oprah. Yeah, it's good, but it's not Oprah. That's a con- thing that's constantly said throughout the movie. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, it, it's about, you know, the paycheck that they're ultimately going to get by yeah. producing this piece of, of spectacle. And it's about, you know, looking a monster dead in the eye, even though you you really should uh, continue on your way and let the uh, the monster be um, until it becomes about doing it for themselves to a degree. Because right. after everything is sucked away and their plan fails drastically, essentially, they still kind of try to get it for themselves. Right. In a really spectacular uh, action sequence at the end, yeah. paired with a very unique alien design. By the way, yes, very, a big parachute. Very impressed by. I was like, yeah. that is. Cool. I've never seen that before. No, me neither. I've legitimately never seen that. before. That was neat. I like that. Totally. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. In that way, the way you just described, these characters eventually make a movie for themselves rather than for you know 
audiences. Essentially. Uh, that to me, okay, maybe it's a bit on the nose. It's about <laughs> what it's about, this movie, right? But yeah. it he didn't bite off more than he can chew in that regard, where I felt like he definitely did that with us, mm-hmm. where he's commenting on class <laughs> systems and homelessness and race and you know all of that fucking heavy heavy shit demographics like like just like the way certain people move up the way the the other side lives it's 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 all that shit whereas here i'm gonna as you said make what i know um then he made a movie about making movies and yes like that to me like okay maybe it's a bit corny maybe it's a bit on the nose but like I'm not offended by it. No, 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 no. You know, neither. no. Like I said, I wasn't really that bothered by the movie. I had a, I had a good enough time watching it. Yeah, it's it's because it, like I said, coming out of us, I was just like, God damn it, because I was because those trailers were so appealing to me. It looks like it was gonna be so good. The man knows how to make a trailer. Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah and these trailers were no different. Yeah, but like, yeah, that one just really disappointed me. I was like, really? That's what that's what you came up with? Damn. Nope, definitely it. plays a similar trick on you though because the trailer has a lot of spectacle in it and then the movie and maybe this is what you sort of push back on in the first hour it's just not that movie no it's just no, not no. and it's been expressed through audience scores they're very very like yeah it was fine yeah everyone's right. given it like a b score which is probably what i'd give it to yeah but i don't blame them yeah clearly i don't blame them because yeah it's not quite the movie you expect it doesn't right. skimp on the alien stuff thank god but um yeah it's um yeah, it's still an alien. It's still an alien. Yeah, I yeah. was, I was getting, I was like, God, if it's the fucking monkey, I'm gonna. No, right. I'm just no. <laughs> if the monkey is driving the UFO, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. Um, but no, it's an alien. So yeah, don't worry, people. It's an, it's actually an alien. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, that first hour is just like, well, I guess we got to film this thing, and mm-hmm. they're just trying. Literally, it's like them setting up cameras for like an hour. Yes. And. Can you blame me for being a little... I don't know. It's about movie making. I don't know. It takes a while, right? I mean, making movies takes a while. Like, it's hard to get the right shot. But they're setting up surveillance cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And I start the movie, and I'm just like, all right, your electricity's not working. Use a film camera. Yeah. They get there. And they get there about that an hour. That was one of the great moments that we're about an hour. and Kaluuya start high-fiving. <laughs> not I told a, you this motherfucker was bringing a film Not camera. electric fucking cameras. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was really good. But yeah, one of my favorite lines in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just like... No, I yeah, I, it, listen, it definitely played around with my expectation, too. I, I did not expect that the first half of the movie to be as much of a slow burn as it was and it is yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's sometimes some and sometimes it worked for for me there's some night sequences that are that are genuinely chilling yes which i which i really liked every time they say the title of the movie it's hilarious yes every yeah, single time yeah definitely yeah, yeah and just and they don't even push it that hard it's just the the the, the quiet nopes i'm just like that's funny yeah that is funny right uh and for what it's worth the idea of a cloud just sitting there not moving is terrifying yes you yeah know? there are a- some ideas in there there's not like a lot of jump scares no which i also appreciate but there's a lot of stuff that is unsettling you know what i mean like the idea of you know you can't look the monster in the eye it's just sort of hovering above you and you that's a to, creepy image yeah, yeah you have yeah. to resist the urge to look up at it yeah um it's like the medusa kind of effect where it's like you want to so bad and everything in right. your body is 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 pushing you to do that except your mind right and it's just like oof. yeah yeah uh the cloud hasn't moved all day to another one i mean it's just because you put yourself in that situation you're like oh i'd get eaten I'd, I'd definitely oh, definitely, yeah. yeah you especially, you'd, you'd get it. I have to cool. look. Yeah, and I, I've never not looked. <laughs> Did you sneak a peek? Yeah, I snuck a peek. Of course I snuck a peek. <laughs> Who doesn't sneak a peek? <laughs> Kramer saw me naked. 
<laughs> always sneaking a peek. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of that stuff, especially the the cloud stuff. It, it kind of re- was reminding me of like why the certain shots in the Invisible Man work so well, where it's like you're just panning to something, and it's an in- seemingly innocuous image, but putting that dressing behind it only to know that there's something really dark and dangerous behind that corner right or or, or in the clouds just makes it all the scarier all the more scary because it's just so disarming yeah uh yeah like that stuff a lot yeah uh i really like it i do i really like it i it's the kind of movie that just isn't made anymore and That's that true, is yeah. worth celebrating at mm-hmm. the very fucking least like even steven spielberg isn't making movies like this anymore no unfortunately you no. know he's he's making lincoln and more horse and whatever i mean go West, back West side story is great but oh yeah no, no it is but Go back to genre more often, guys. Genre's fun. Yeah, no. Um, it, it's it it deserves to be played on a big screen. You should see this on a big screen. I was fucking mad at AMC because something was wrong with our projector. And yeah, I don't know if a bulb was out or like there was the image was like wa- like washed and overblown and the like, audio wasn't perfect. Yeah, there was a like a speaker that was not synced up with the other speakers. Yeah, that was right. And then there was like a three quadrant thing going on with the speaker where there were like definitive lines going down. Yes. It just kind of it, it reflected the light just wrong in certain areas. I'm like that's that's Listen, AMC, I know you've been going through some shit. I, I know business has not been booming these days. Uh, well, you got to step up your game if no, you want to keep it alive. That's what like, I mean. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ. I'm going to take my business elsewhere. I'm sorry. Or eventually I'll just build a theater in my home and, you know. Hey, that 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 Regal Cinema we went to in Waterbury, we saw 4th of July. Oh, yeah, we did see Louis yeah, C.K.'s forget, 4th of July. I forgot to mention that. Sorry, people. We saw a Louis C.K. film. <laughs> yeah, we did. But Don't cancel us. Yeah, but it genuinely looked, that screen looked better than the one for us. I mean, uh, nope. Yeah, nope. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an AMC. It's like, come on. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, this is not the first time AMC has done that shit. Like, I know. There, there have been movies where like there's a big, giant, pink blotch in the middle of the screen, and it's like, geez, you didn't check the... When I went it, to see Top Gun, they kept the lights on in the theater. Oh, that sucks. They forgot to turn the lights off. I had to, I had to actually walk fucking down the hall and tell them, hey, guys, the fucking fluorescent lights are on in here. You couldn't even see the screen. That's not good. It's brutal. That's not good. Um, Terrible. Yeah, that was the problem with the IMAX. And I know Jordan Peele shot this in IMAX, really wants people to see it in IMAX. There's an IMAX uh, camera featured in the movie. Yeah, yeah. That was a great little little, yeah. little nod. I like that. But yeah, good luck getting me to go to that IMAX screen at the AMC. Yeah. Because it's a piece of shit screen. Piece of shit screen. We're just talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no thank you. Piece of shit screen. Dolby's the way to go. I agree. Yeah. Um... Okay. Any other notes on on nope? Nope. Yeah. I I was gonna use the pun, but <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a uh, yeah. I, I yeah. I still recommend it despite my reservations, and I know it probably sounds like I have more you know reservations than than positive things to say. But in 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 truth, yes, it's it's nice that a movie like this gets made and that it exists and it is well made it's at the end of the day it's well made i'm I'm like most of my issues with it are sort of reserved for the script more than anything mm. but i i think generally you're gonna have a pretty good time going into this just also remember that that first hour it's not it's not what you quite expect it's not not it's not a horror movie it's a get, get that off the table a lot because i've had a lot of people come to me and ask me about it and they're like is it scary i'm like no no it's not it's not that kind of movie yeah, it's not really that kind of movie, uh, but also you have to find your wavelength on it because the spectacle of it all doesn't really happen until a bit later. 
So right. Um. All right. Yeah. Cool. Nope. In a theater near you. Should we? Uh, what's the next pod though? Because I have an idea. <sighs> oh no! I don't like when you have ideas. Mm. Well, this one was. This was. This was more on uh, in your camp. That's for sure. Okay, I'm all ears. We need to do pray, don't we? Oh goodness! Yeah, we need to talk about pray. It's you know how it's been four years since the Predator, one of our one of our very very good early pods. <laughs> predator pod. <laughs> oh, we got to do. Ah, Want to do Predator pod? Rank do all the Predators. Ooh, there's a podcast. I've been meaning to get you to watch uh, Predator Two for a long time. I'm down for that. All right. Predator pod. Pre- <laughs> That's not what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> when does that movie come out? Next week? August 5th, uh, which I will not be able to see it because I'm going to a wedding. Uh, I will also be away. We should bank that. Are you going to that wedding? No. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I will be uh, in sunny North Carolina. What the hell are you doing there? Chilling, man. So you've been chilling a lot lately. Sure chilling. Yeah, well, what's, what's I don't with all have a this job. <laughs> Straight chilling, my guy. Just getting, just uh, catching some some rays. I haven't seen any signs of the, of of a proper tan yet. You're fucking lying. I know. Stop, stop. You're fucking lying. <laughs> I know you're lying. I'm lying. No, I've, I've gotten compliments <laughs> everywhere about uh, my radiance. Yeah, that's right. You're glowing. Yeah. I got a nice base, dude. Yeah. I'm rocking a nice base right now. I actually fucked up bad because I went to the beach the other day and I got patchy sun sun sunburn. That's terrible. Right, it just it my, my legs. It looks like I have rashes everywhere. It just looks so bad. Yeah, I think we need to reiterate to the people how fucking hot it is. It's. I guess everyone in the country knows this now because like people are dying. We we well we talked about this on on the other pod. We haven't brought it up yet, uh, but it is um, dangerous out there. Yeah, it's bad. I'm. I have to walk to my car after this, and I don't know, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna freak me out opening that door. Yeah, we're in a we're in a crazy heat wave. Yeah. Um, so stay safe out there. Listen, the best place to go is, is the movies. It's That's always true. cold in there. Yeah, I always get a lot of AC. That is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. go to the movies. Yeah. I, I like came in here and I'm like, Nico, stay inside. I will. Don't you worry. Do about Do not it. go outside. Can do. Don't look at the clouds. That being said, I'm playing a game of basketball tonight to a hundred in the park. What? <laughs> what? What are you? Oh no! <laughs> Full court. Oh, you moron! Has to be done. Has to be done. Can't call. This out. might be my last podcast. Can't call out sick. No, my team needs me. We already lost a teammate to COVID. Like dead? No, he has COVID. <laughs> we lost them to COVID. Makes me think it's something totally, totally different. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how we're gonna get through that tonight. Anyway, stay hydrated. Uh, love ya. Until next time. Nope.